What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all major recording platforms with podcasts coming out four to five days a week. And today's podcast is going to be hyped. It is going to be intense. It's going to be awesome. Uh, if this is your guys' first time listening, and if you guys are trying to get more information upon what this podcast is all about, uh, this is my 46th podcast for coming out, or recorded, excuse me, on my uh, on this forum, on this podcast, for this channel. It's been an incredible ride. I am so thankful and appreciative of everybody who has been listening to these podcasts. We are almost at 50 podcasts now. It's incredible. It seems like I blinked, and now we're at 50. With that being said... If you guys enjoy the content I'm bringing to you, if you are new to the, to the uh, podcast, if this is your first time listening, or if you're maybe you're on the fence or whatnot, if you enjoy these, please do me a huge favor and leave and just subscribe to the channel and leave a rating if you're able to do so. We've been, I've been getting a lot more ratings on the podcast lately, which really helps me out greatly. It lets me know what you guys think about the overall show and stuff like that. Today's podcast is going to be the exact same usual, a very much lengthy around the world section. I got a couple of injury updates, some Albert Pujols stuff, Tony LaRusso and the White Sox. We got Mariners, Seahawks, uh, UW, Huskies, Cougs. I got a lot. With that being said, let's get straight into it, shall we? Obviously, the major news right now in the NFL, and I'm going to go NFL to start with and around the world, and then we're going to work our way down. Uh, Steelers Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt, is going to be getting a second and third opinion on his torn pec to see whether or not he needs surgery for the injury. If he does indeed require surgery, he is going to be out for the entire year, which is a huge bummer considering the injury occurred and happened in week one, obviously. If he does not require surgery, he will be possibly able to return within a six week or six weeks at the bare minimum of the timeline. Last night's game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the uh, Dallas <clears throat> Cowboys, excuse me, I had a little frog in my throat there. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott injured the thumb on his throwing hand. He will be playing as an IR and will be requiring surgery. He will be out a minimum of six to eight weeks. The Cowboys are now, quote, exploring other QB options as the only QB backup they have is Cooper Rush for that team. Uh, probably looking at someone like a Jacoby Brissett, maybe. Um, and I probably, they probably won't get rid of him because of Deshaun Watson and all that good jazz and all that good stuff. But uh, possibly a Jimmy G conversation can be had here. That'd be a pretty interesting spot. But if, you know, Dak can return in six to eight weeks, it just means you need someone to fill the place of it. Heck, maybe they go ask about Drew Locke. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing out two cents to the wind. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones has uh, got some back spasms going on currently. Uh, sounds like it's not a major issue of back spasms. He is likely to play uh, this week versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson just flat out went off yesterday against the, the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers looked very exposed to having uh, Devontae Adams in the wide receiver core and having Alan Lazard unable to play due to injury. Uh, Justin Jefferson went off to a line of nine receptions for 184 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, this is where the meat and potatoes for around the world is going to be based upon today. And some of you want to listen to this, some of you don't. I get, you know, it's the nature of the old beast for lack of a statement, right? I got to talk about the San Francisco 49ers yesterday. What in the hell was that? Are you kidding me? You lost to the Bears in a monsoon, right? Let's just listen to these stats. 
Trey Lance, 13 of 28, 164 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, passer rating of 50.3. 13 rushes for 54 yards, no touchdowns. 49ers led 7-0 at halftime. For those who are watching, I was one of them. I was at the Mariners game yesterday. I'm going to get into all of that because that's a whole different section. But that's why I wasn't for able to watch live most of these games. I got to watch a little bit of a Cincinnati game due to some tailgaters outside the ballpark were kind and generous enough to let me and my buddy watch a couple minutes of that, which is awesome. But uh, I've been talking about this whole Jimmy G, Trey Lance drama seems like for weeks now on end, right? Well, this is why I'm talking about this. Currently, or at the half, the 49ers led 7-0, right? Second half, they got outscored 19-3. Debo Samuel, 8 targets, 2 catches. Elijah Mitchell is out two months with a grade two MCL sprain. They banged up already. Jeff Wilson's not going to last very long. He never does. He's just a little bit more built up version of Raheem Mostert. He's going to get banged up in a couple of weeks. 49ers cut Trey Sermon. 49ers in trouble. I'm saying it. Week one, they are in trouble. Flat out facts. I'm not trying. I'm not a homer. I'm not trying to say it's based upon my Seahawks lenses. I am strictly looking at the running back situation carousel and the offensive scheme that the San Francisco 49ers run every single week and every year. It's play action, bootleg, West Coast style offense, running between three different running backs, and none of them get too tired, yada, yada, yada. Well, now you lost your main back in Elijah. Now you have to lean upon your rookie running back and Jeff Wilson, who can never stay injured or healthy, excuse me, for more than like four games at a total season at a time. Maybe five if he's lucky if he has a you know a four-leaf clover on him or something. But it's bad. Losing week one to the Bears, who were like ranked the second to worst team via uh, the Bleacher Report and most of all the ranking, power rankings. The Bears were 31st behind the Seahawks at 32, right? And you beat you beat the Niners. Grand O was at home. Chicago was disgusting. No, no shocker there. The Mariners dealt with that earlier in the season with torrential wins. But the Jimmy G conversation is beginning again, ladies and gentlemen. And it's going to continue all the way in th- up until the moment that the 49ers realize they done screwed the pooch on this one. They done kicked the can out of the end of the road and there's no more road to kick the can. We're going to get to week six. I'm calling it. Week six, Halloween. Hell even. I'll go to Halloween. Jimmy G starting for the San Francisco 49ers. And they're going to realize we made a huge mistake not drafting Mac Jones or any of those other quarterbacks. Hell, you could have drafted Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields would be better in this system than Trey Lance. Trey Lance showed complete inability to locate the ball with precise accuracy on a consistent timing when that had to happen, when the rubber met the road. And I was saying, it's week one, dude. Chill out. No. You had he. This is Trey Lance's first opportunity to deal with live bullets, live action, right? Yeah, yeah, live action. And this is all he does. This is all he can do. You have got to be kidding me. I'm sorry, my buddy Cody, who listens to these podcasts, who's a diehard Niners fan. He's probably thinking I'm trashing him. I'm sorry, dude. I'm not. These are facts. Debo Samuel, you just paid him a hell of a lot of money. And you got a quarterback who can't hit damn near the broad side of a barn, 13 to 28. That ain't even 50%. And I know people say it's only one pass away from 50%. 50% completion percentage is trash. Jalen Hurts looks light years better than Trey Lance. Facts. 
Okay, I'm done with that conversation. Albert Pujols passed Alex Rodriguez for fourth all-time in home runs at number 697 as he hit 696 and 697 in Pittsburgh this weekend. Great moment for the for the uh, couple who caught Albert Pujols' home run ball. Obviously wanted to offer him the home run ball for the uh, how much uh, like the value of and the uh, significance there it is of that home run ball, right? But what it came down to, Albert's like, no, it's okay, it's a piece of history. And they were talking about how like they probably they had a conversation about the guy it was one year from the date that the guy who caught the ball he lost his mom, and Albert instead went out and got two more baseballs. Signed both of them, gave it to the two bolt to that to that uh, couple. So now they have three signed baseballs from Albert Pujols. What a moment, Albert Pujols! You are a legend, legend. And I will be honest, I am pretty sure on this podcast I stated that Pujols didn't have it at the beginning of the year. I was like, he didn't look right. I mean, who was who was supposed to know Albert Pujols is gonna be one of the best hitters in the second half of baseball after the All Star break and home run derby? Who would possibly figure or think about that? There's no way, right? And if you say so, either. You're a heretic or you're a genius. So, so be it. But that's around the world for today. I will obviously have a new section coming out tomorrow, but I do these on a day-to-day basis, kind of giving you an update on all the major topics going around in the breaking news section between Bleacher Report, Twitter, ESPN, all that good stuff. With that being said, I'm doing a quick check to make sure I'm not missing anything for you guys. Uh, It does look like the Seahawks have made a couple additions. I will get into that here in a couple of minutes after I get through the Mariners and all that good stuff. First off, what a weekend for the Emerald City faithful and the Mariners fans. Thank you. Thank you to all the Mariners fans and thank you just for taking the time, the money, the resources, everything. It was so... I have never... I've been to probably... I'm very fortunate and blessed to be able to go to as many games as I've had. I don't go to like, you know, 10 plus games a year. I probably go to about five games a year, right? But the just the feeling in that ballpark yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. I've been going to games since I was like... I don't know. I don't remember Kingdom Days. Probably like I was seven years old. You know, seven, eight years old. I have never experienced the feeling in that ballpark like I did yesterday before that game. It was... You could just hear people buzzing on the concord and just, it was crazy. Like, everywhere you went, Julio, Julio, Ty France, Julio, Gilbert, Castillo, Ray. I was like, man, this is something else. Good vibes, good vibes, good vibes only tank tops all over the place. The Mariners, they are, uh, let me just say this again. For those who just still, for some reason, I don't know why you could ever feel this way right now. You need to believe that the 2022 Seattle Mariners are going to break the playoff drought. The longest professional playoff drought in American professional sports, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be broken. The Baltimore Orioles are starting to fall by the wayside. Here we go. Let's go. We're looking at the Toronto Blue Jays. Boba Shett's going red hot right now, but we're in a good position because the Rays and the Blue Jays play a three-game series. This is exactly what has to happen for these Mariners to finalize and get moment the magic number starts. And that, that we can say we are three games away, two games. Dude, this, this city's going to go nuts. And I know I'm going a little bit of a rant right now. I can't help myself. Because the Mariners just took two of three from the world champion Atlanta Braves. Who come in with Austin Big Thick Riley, Matt Olson, Raul Acuna, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider with his beautiful mustache and thick quads. I know I'm talking about 
thick man. They got, but I'm just jealous of men that have power quads. Okay, I am. I got problems. Anyways, this is an incredible series, and there's so many heroes to this. Eugenio Suarez hitting home runs day after day. Two home runs yesterday. Julio first career two home run game as well in the same game. The theater, the drama, off the charts, people. This is what we're talking about. You know, George Kirby continuing to dominate his rookie year. Seriously, another outing where he posts six innings, three hits, no walks, six strikeouts. This kid's going to be a phenomenal talent for a very long time. And at the moment they lock up Luis Castillo, lock up George Kirby. I've seen enough. You don't need to ask anymore. He's not going to have a regression like this next year. And a lot of people are going to say, well, how can you put so many eggs in one basket? It hasn't been next year. You don't see pitching prodigies like this kid come along besides for a Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, uh, creme of the creme, Sandy Alcantara. Like these are like the names that are like the goat, the top of the line, the echelon, the top 5%. That's what this kid has the ability to be. Logan Gilbert, back on track. Thank God. It's been a rough, rocky ride. Rocky road. Rock, rocky ride. I don't even like ice cream, but I used to like the flavor when I was a kid. When I, before I could eat chocolate. Anyways, um, the emergence of Sam Haggerty was exactly what this Mariners team needed. The perfect definition of a jolt of lightning is what Sam Haggerty is. Hitting that home run. Breaking the game open. Busted the ice. It was, it was perfect. Old school kind of player. Steals bases. Brings the energy. He's got the swag. The godfather sound. This Mariners team is captivating, and I love what's happening with this city right now. The Mariners are pushing for a playoff contention. Seahawks are going to be talking about it in a minute. Holy mackerel, there's some good stuff going on. Saturday's going to dub this weekend. And uh, another Monday morning I'll wake up to for another uh, Monday morning MLB video with Mark DeRosa and Robert Flores about praising the Mariners. It's about damn time that the Seattle Mariners get the recognition. Hey, hey Dallas Cowboys, shut the hell up. This, you're not America's team anymore. You're not, you're garbage. Jerry Jones is a selfish dweeb, okay? I know I'm, I'm going off, I, and I am, because this, this is a freaking awesome day to be a Mariners, Seattle fan, Emerald City faithful, rise up, because this is a hell of a weekend and a week for, for this city. Let's go, everybody. Let's pump the... Let's let's pour some gasoline on that fire. I want it raging hot this, for, for when the Padres are coming into town to this weekend. Or, to, or this week, excuse me. I am fired up right now. Eugenio Suarez. We, we were talking about trades, right? I'm talking about Suarez and the good vibes only, right? What? Did we forget that Jesse Winker is on this team? Because I sure as hell did. He doesn't do nothing. He useless. Absolutely useless. He got booed so hard Sunday. And he deserves it. Some people are going to say, oh, that's not very nice to say. You play in a league where if you hit the ball three times out of ten, you're a demigod and you're worshipped. Jesse Winker hit like 219, 217. I don't care if you have like 80 walks. I don't care, Jesse. You, you can't hit the baseball. You look uninterested. You aren't invested unless there's a massive event happening. You're not engaging with guys. There's so many times that the camera goes to you and you just sit there just sulking. Blah. Goodness gracious. You know, obviously he's lost all of the faith and, and uh, trust in Scott's service. I completely 100% agree with the fact that Taylor Chamel should be getting more reps in the outfield. Hell, play Jake Lamb. I'm going to see if Jake Lamb's got it for all we know. But the Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez trade 
has obviously been now the Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker trade. I just want to give a couple moments into that. It's a day off today. Uh, Padres come into town for a two-game series. Pitching matchups are Logan Gilbert tomorrow, and then Luis Castillo is following. I believe it is you Darvish the first day and Sean Manaya the second for the Padres. And a couple of things to touch on, and then we're going to transfer into Hawks real, real quick. I apologize. I'm a little scatterbrained today. Um, after talking about Jesse Winker, some people are going to ask me, well, if you don't keep Jesse Winker on this team, right? And I know that we locked him in for contract extension for a fair amount of value, right? Well, is he going to block Lu Luis Castillo from signing a contract extension because they all play together in Cincinnati? I don't think so. I think the connection between Eugenio Suarez and Luis Castillo is much stronger than Winker and uh, Castillo. So, excuse me, I wanted to address that. Okay, here comes the here comes the shining uh, the shining star moment here. Monday night football. Seahawks, Broncos, ESPN, Joe Buck. Let's go. This is exactly the moment that we've all been waiting for. This is the moment. Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, the new guys on Monday night football. Let's ramp it up. I want the, let's get some Mariners fans into Lumen Field to continue that electricity. And I, from what I heard in the ballpark yesterday, there was a hell of a lot of people that were at that ball game yesterday. They're going to be at Lumen Field. So let's bring the juice. Let's, I, myself personally, I'm going to get this straight out there right from the very beginning. I will watch the video montage. Will I root for Russell? No. Am I going to boo for him the moment it's done? You bet your ass I'm going to. Because I don't care how many years you're good for this franchise. You're a prima donna who is selling football loaves of bread. Wonder like nano bubbles, water, and weird mattresses, and God knows else whatever you were trying to pull out of your you-know-what, Russell. Good riddance. Goodbye. I'm done. Shoo shoo. I don't want to hear no more about this. Alton Robinson, a couple of roster moves that happened within the last couple of minutes, as I touched on uh, a couple of minutes ago earlier here on the pod. Alton Robinson has been placed to IR today, uh, elevated from the practice squad, is long snapper Carson Tinker and linebacker Tanner Muse. Uh, not surprising about Alton Robinson. He's been dealing with some kind of an injury. I believe it's an elbow. I could be wrong on that. I'll do a little bit of research to confirm that later on my Twitter handle, capital PNW, capital P for Professor. You can find me there. Um, but I will get some more details as it comes out as far as injury reports because we're still, those will come out probably an hour before games. We got probably three plus hours before that actually comes out and is released. A couple things I want to watch. I got a handful of stuff. We're going to go into prediction and then we're going to do the walk off, the new section that I, that I got going on here for you guys. Thing to watch number one how is the D line going to uh, do, or excuse me, <clears throat> I read that in opposite order. <laughs> How will the offensive line with both rookie tackles Charles Cross and Abe Lucas slotted to start do against the Broncos defensive line led by Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory? Randy Gregory is going to play. That information became announced about 10 minutes ago as well. Um, obviously, how will Geno do in this highly touted matchup versus Russell Wilson? It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of expectation, but I expect him to stand up to, to the pressure and play well. Uh, how well he will play? That's TBD. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know. Obviously, I'm a genie with a magic lamp. Um, see here. Can the new defensive scheme confuse Russell? Can it allow for pressures coming from both the inside, led by Shelby Harris, Puna Ford, and uh, rising star of Miles Adams, led by also Daryl Taylor and Uchenna Wosu? I'm really curious about this. How is that going to turn out? We'll see. Uh, Rashad Penny, can you pick up where he left off last year? That's interesting as well. Uh, he had obviously, he was the best running back in football for fantasy and normal stats in the season. Not even close. Beat Jonathan Taylor, 
Miles Sanders, all the other guys, uh, and all physical re rushing cat ca categories, excuse me. So I'll be curious to see how that comes out in place. Uh, co uh, combination of both Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant, how will they play in their season openers is going to be really intriguing to see. Um, I believe from what I'm hearing, Tariq Woolen will start along with Michael Jackson. Uh, something to watch though, as if Sidney Jones will start over Michael Jackson, but we'll see what happens. I really like Jackson at that DB. I think he's nasty. This is what we need. Another, another hammer. Another combination of safeties on the field with putting Jamal Adams in the box at the secondary linebacker or the third linebacker to help out Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. Uh, seeing Josh Jones, Ryan Neal on the field also pending for Ryan Neal if he's ready to go coming off of his injury. As we speak, I am going to do a quick update, so I apologize if this is a little bit delayed. I'm doing a quick update to see if there's anything recent coming out about Seattle Seahawks for injury updates. Uh, sounds like Tanner Ott, the long snapper, could possibly go on IR. And that is it for right now. Okay, I just wanted to touch on that real quick while we're doing the Seahawks section for you guys. Uh, I believe this is going to be, will it be a defensive slugfest or an offensive explosion? I'm going to go defensive myself personally. Uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, smash-mouth defensive, uh, lead games in general. Just due to the fact there's so much talent on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Russell Wilson, uh, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams. Jerry Judy. They've got some players. Uh, I'm. This is going to surprise people. And most people are just going to say I'm thinking about this because I'm a homer. I honest and swear to the lucky rabbit's foot, I'm not being a homer with, with my prediction here. I'm picking the Seahawks to win this game by a field goal on a game-winning field goal with time expiring by, by Jason Myers. I think it's going to be 2017. 17-14 um, is a little bit low for me. I think 2017 is pretty much there. Uh, the betting line is Denver winning by only a single touchdown, which is why I'm doing a low-scoring game right now. So we'll see, obviously, what happens with that. But uh, that's what I got for my prediction. That's what I have for Seahawks today. Uh, week 2 college football wrap-up. I uh, I got taken out of a huge L because I predicted Wisconsin to uh, pretty much blow out Wazoo. I was very wrong. Uh, my apologies go out to Coug, to Coug Nation, all the Cougar fans that listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate your time. Um, but I was definitely wrong. I'll take the L. You guys beat a great Wisconsin team, 17-14. Uh, Cam Ward, man. Not a great game. 17-28, 200 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions. But, man, I've talked about this kid two weeks in a row and I I gotta really do some tape to figure out if this kid's gonna be living up to the hype and to the potential that I'm seeing from him this Henley linebacker for Wazoo this kid's something else another game of nine tackles and a tackle for loss week one he was a cyclone interception forced fumble multiple like oh, I think he had like eight or so uh, combined tackles I don't have the exact numbers I'm not gonna dig back because it's a bunch of page turning noise for you guys but uh huge win for Wazoo gotta give him a lot of love week three they're gonna be hosting Colorado State at Pullman at the Palouse as they say so that would be great to see uh I'll be curious to see if they continue this nice start for the season into week three UW beats down Portland State 52 to 6 led by Michael Penix 20 20 of 27 in the air for 337, two touchdowns and a pick. Three running backs tied over 50 plus yards. McMillan, a wide receiver, had four receptions for 127 yards and one touchdown. Also, Jackson, a wide receiver, with six receptions, 105 yards. They're going to host number 11, Michigan State, at Husky Stadium. A lot of home openers for or home games start the season for the Huskies this year. Uh, be curious to see what happens with that. They will play at 4.30 on ABC Saturday. I will be watching that game intently. 
And the walk-off section, this is my new favorite section of the podcast. This is where I got my last leaving remarks, and then we're going to hop out today. Today's podcast has definitely been a little bit longer, but I like the overall length on this one today. Huge Monday Night Football game tonight. Gino, just take your middle-of-the-field options. Utilize no fan. Will Disley to, to your advantage. Don't be afraid to throw the deep ball to lock in DK. Please do be aware of Patrick Sertan. They've got quality corners over there. Justin Simmons is a ball hawk at safety. He's got the most interceptions. Uh, I believe it's either him or, uh, funny enough, it's Quandre Diggs. I apologize for not having that exact stat, but I just have the two names up here on my list. I will be booing Russell, like I, like I talked about, the moment he gets on the field. I'm sure they'll have a video montage from at the beginning to have his acknowledgement, but once it's once it's over, it's on, baby. And Russell, we're bringing the heat, son. There's no, we're not, you know, buttering up your biscuit. We're not giving you any kind of sweet jam, no freezer jam, no raspberry, no blackberry, no huckleberry, no nothing. This is what you get. You want to you want to come to to the Hawks Nest and try and eat out of our rivers. You're gonna deal with the actual the, the the talons of the Seahawks. That's a crappy analogy, but that's what I got for you guys today. Let's go get this dub tonight. Stay the farm updates will be coming later this week, along with the latest awards that have been uh, given out through the minor league promotions for the Mariners. Simply see us rise, go Hawks! And as uh, the new saying goes, in Gino we trust. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, subscribe, leave a rating. Go Hawks.